Welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host this week, Liz Flora. You may know this week's guest as the head of the makeup department on HBO's hit show Euphoria, but she's now added beauty brand founder to her resume with the launch of Half Magic Beauty on May 17th. Here to talk about her new brand is Donnie Davey. Donnie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So this brand was shrouded in some mystery for a while. How long have you been working on it and how does it feel to finally have it revealed? I have been working on it for almost three years. Um, Very behind the scenes, very secretly. Uh, It's like crazy to have it revealed. We just posted the campaign video, um, which is really exciting because I'm incredibly proud of it. Um, And it was... a an amazing like collaborative process. The costume designer on Euphoria actually directed the video. The cinematographer uh, shot it. So um, yeah, I'm really excited. Today's a really exciting day. So we are so excited to hear all the details about the new line. But first, I thought we could talk about your career background. Before we get into the details of Half Magic, did you want to talk about how you got into makeup in the first place? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I sort of, it was unintentional. Um, my background growing up was like very heavy in like visual art, painting and drawing. I went to school, I went to art school at Pratt Institute in Brooklyn. I studied photography and, um, I, after I graduated, I was like nannying and I was working at like a couple different galleries. I was like self-publishing books of my photo work like just small little artsy books and they were like being sold in a couple um like art bookstores in the city and I don't know I was like I kind of struggling with the idea of how to turn photography into a career and um my friend's mom who I've known forever and ever was like you know what you actually should do makeup for movies And I first thought she was talking about like monster makeup or like sci-fi stuff. And I was like, what? That's so random. Why would you say that? And then I realized like, you know, that every movie and show has like makeup on every person and it's part of the storytelling and you read the script and you break down the characters and that all just sounded kind of really cool and fun for me, like more than just working with my hands and being a makeup artist, but like really getting into like the story. And that's kind of what I loved about photography. Like capturing people in their element and like in their little scene in their world um so yeah I like cold called this makeup artist her name's Jane Galley I gave her a call didn't know and was so blind and naive which was great because it kind of like made it so I had no anxiety I was just like oh (laughs) let me just call up this woman um and it it weirdly worked out she kind of took me in as her intern apprentice Um, I took a crash course of makeup with her and then I started answering ads on Craigslist for makeup jobs. And what drew you to film and TV makeup specifically? Um, well, I didn't even like, it's not like something I like knew about and was like, like, you know, fascinated by and wanted to get into. I, like I said, like my friend's mom just was like, this would be great for you. You're good with like painting and drawing and stuff. And that's kind of makeup, right? Um, and then it was, it was the whole like storytelling aspect of it. Cause at first I was like, well, a makeup artist, like just putting makeup on people, like just like making people feel like hotter or like better. I was like, that sounds good. But like, where's like the meat, <laughs> you know, like something to really wrap my head around. And, and for me, that was like 
you know, the storytelling aspect. And I was kind of thinking back on like, you know, movies I've seen over the years and I'm like, oh yeah, the, yeah, the makeup did help tell the story and like it's beauty makeup and it's special effects makeup and character and fake mustaches and tattoos. It's like so many things. Um, so yeah, I was like, okay, let's, I kind of randomly just decided to go for it. It was weird actually. And then fast forward to Euphoria. The Euphoria makeup aesthetic has become such a cultural phenomenon. It's had this huge impact on beauty trends. When you were first starting out on the show, did you bring the concept of the makeup aesthetic to the creators or did they want something with this bold storytelling feel to it? What was the process there creatively in coming up with this aesthetic? I went in to be interviewed um, based on my job um, or the work I did on on this film called Under the Silver Lake, which was an A24 film. And I got to do a kind of like really fun, bold makeup. There were rhinestones, there were glitter, there were bold colors. Um, so that my work on that project landed me the interview to interview with Sam Levinson, the creator, director, showrunner, writer, et cetera, of Euphoria. Um, I actually didn't know at that time that he was looking for really like for makeup to be really part of the story in a bold way. Um, so I had come in with like a presentation, like a little slideshow I put together. And there were some colorful looks in there, but also like some more kind of like gritty stuff. I had like Larry Clark images and like Nan Golden images and stuff. Um, and some some film stills, Christina Ricci from uh, Buffalo 66. And he, I learned he had this like greater vision and he was like, oh yeah, I really like, I want you to like go off with the makeup. Like it, it, and he kind of like had all these makeup terms he like knew. And I, I found out that he like loves watching YouTube makeup videos. He's just fascinated by makeup as, you know, a form of self-expression and just how, how intense people really get into makeup and breaking down the looks and not, you know, on YouTube and, and all the tutorials and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it really was kind of, I just walked into this dream scenario interview and was like, yeah, this is awesome. Like I get to have fun and do fun makeup that actually wants to be seen. Cause a lot of the times I'm hired to come on and do makeup that will help tell the story, but it needs to not read as makeup. It needs to be like, you know, just ultra like realistic. That's amazing. And the makeup is obviously such a star in itself on the show. I would love to hear more about your mood boards and where you get your inspiration. Did you want to talk more about that? What are the sources of inspiration when you're coming up with the looks? Yeah, um, well, the inspiration, it it's kind of, first of all, it's like kind of hard to like pinpoint exactly where inspiration comes from I've like tried this before also in the past and like tried to sort of like figure out a way of explaining my creative process that like makes sense but I've realized it's actually like so different with each look I can say that like it's extremely like collaborative and a lot of a lot of the like core of the looks are all about the characters and what they're going through in that moment so really kind of reflecting their mood reading the scripts obviously but also like reading kind of in between the lines and using my imagination a little bit um because you know when we drop into like you know so and so and whatever scene doing this I like to try and imagine okay well what were they maybe just doing when was the last time we saw them what mood would they be in and I'm also looking for like not just a general mood but like kind of nuances and like where exactly they are 
in their day. Like I'm always like, oh, did they just come home from school? Is this scene before school? Is it a weekend? Because I like need to know if they're at home chilling or have they already gotten ready for the day, gone to school, come back? Like all these little like clues, like these are all, these all help me kind of figure out what the look should be. And then in terms of color um, and texture, whether it's like glitter, reflective, something matte, something powdery, I look a lot at their costumes. So Heidi Bivens is the costume designer on Euphoria. So I, I look to her for a lot of initial cues on uh, just kind of colors. And, you know, I don't always match the makeup to the costumes, but I like to know what the costume is because sometimes I'll pick a look intentionally that's like super clashes, but in an interesting way with the costume. And you probably get asked this a lot and it's probably really hard to choose, but do you have an all-time favorite makeup look from any season on the show? Um, Yeah, it is very hard to answer this one. I, I usually say Kat's Halloween makeup just because it was like so outrageous with like the upside down crosses that were glittering and like the black lip liner. <laughs> um, It was just such a fun look to create. And to totally. see on camera, like it just, I don't know, I, that look brought me a lot of, of joy, as did the um, Jules's Halloween costume look, although that one was really hard to apply with the gold flakes. Oh, with all the glitter. I remember the, like, that. Yeah. Yeah. They were like these yeah. gold flakes and it was so hard for me to attach them on. And every time like I would breathe on them, like they would fly everywhere and it was just really hard to get them to stay and to like recreate it the same <laughs> each time yeah in retrospect maybe like a stencil and like an airbrush gold paint would have been better but I liked the sort of like three-dimensionality of it or whatever that they were like glued on how long does a typical look take uh anywhere from 30 minutes to like two hours wow yeah. and then <laughs> what about like cultural influences in the makeup looks I remember the first season had almost kind of like a rave theme to it. Like, did you look at something like rave culture or any, or any other kind of cultural influences? Um, a little bit, yeah. I, I was taking a lot of inspiration just from, not TikTok at the time, because I ha didn't have TikTok, but I guess just Instagram. And um, just kind of seeing what, what makeup artists, like seeing what people were doing on their own faces like whether they were a makeup artist or not I was particularly drawn to like what non-makeup artists people were doing on their faces um to, to kind of just see how how you know this like young generation is like what their relationship is like with makeup and how they're kind of pushing it using it in different ways and like being inspired by the decades that have like come before them and kind of like taking you know doing their own take on on all of that. But it's really like a big mashup, I'd say, because I also, I also like, I love the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. <laughs> I'm inspired by all of the decades. I'm a 90s kid myself. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's kind of one giant bucket. It's funny with like inspiration, because I feel like for any given look, I might have like a thousand different images that have like, that I've seen that I kind of have in my mind that have affected like how one makeup look comes out. That's why I'm saying it's like kind of hard to pinpoint exactly like where it all, it all comes from. But yeah, I definitely wanted to like educate myself on like what, you know, what these characters would be doing in this current time. I mean, 
at the time, I think I was like 29. So I'm like, I'm older than these characters. So let me like investigate. So yay for Instagram. So tell us about Half Magic. We've been waiting for so long to see what the products would be. I was wondering if there would be eye gems. Uh, Obviously there are. So did you want to just talk about what the brand is launching with? What are the initial products? How did you choose them? Yeah. So the initial product lineup uh, really reflects kind of products that I wanted to create because I couldn't find them um, in other brands. And I have been thinking, I think a lot of makeup artists probably have the same thought like, oh, if I ever had a line, this is what I would do. I wish this product existed. So I I wanted to, you know, first launch with creating products that I feel are like necessary and super helpful in creating like bold kind of glittery looks. Um, like glitter loves to like attach onto something. Uh, so I wanted to make these like bold matte and shimmery pigments that can be like layered in a compatible way that last a really long time. Uh, the colors are super specific and important to me. Um for them to sort of be really special, not just like a blue, a red, a pink, but like really kind of specific shades. Uh, Something I think of as well, I think just because I'm coming from like a film and TV makeup artist place is like how light affects the colors. Um, For example, like how do the colors translate in like lower lighting? So that's something that was really um, on my mind with the products. Also, I love fancy stuff. I love fancy high-end products, but I also love affording products. I also love products that are just fun, like the user experience is fun. So I was trying to recreate, um, you know, all of that. And and it's really like the the feel of, of stuff going on is important to me too. Yeah. So tell us about the timing of the launch. Obviously, all these kinds of looks are perfect for parties and going out. We've all been cooped up for a long time with the pandemic. Were you timing it to a point when life was getting back to normal and people were going out again? No, not at all. Um, I think if we could have launched earlier, we we would have. Um, it's been a long, a long process to you know, to start the line and then to create the products and just to make sure, and this is like why it's been amazing. I actually, I love that it took so long because like we had time to like really think and like just put so much, so much effort and and thought into like every decision we make, every product we make, um, you know, every manufacturer we work with. Um, and that was, you know, why I wanted to like, instead of doing like a brand collab or like a pat, like a palette for, you know, a company and like launch it like three years ago, that would have been like instant gratification. But I really wanted to think long and hard about this makeup line and make sure that it was um, just really intentional and that it has integrity and that it's something I'm extremely proud of that doesn't feel like, you know, just a quick, quick opportunity that I just like capitalized on or whatever. When you're thinking about the kind of looks that people will be creating with it, are you thinking replications of Euphoria looks or does this go beyond Euphoria? I think this goes way beyond Euphoria. Um, I, I also think you could recreate, You'll people will be able to use this line to recreate like all the Euphoria looks, um, especially as we release more and more products down the line. Um, I really hope it transcends 
Euphoria and the Euphoria makeup fan. I hope people who have never seen the show will um, actually love the line as well. I think people might be surprised to find some of our shades are like kind of super, super wearable and flattering. And like, they're not all, you know, quote unquote, bold colors. Um, and I, I, I also hope that like someone who's never used makeup before, this like might be their first makeup line that they try out. Um, it was important to me that like all the products are really easy to use and functional. Uh, like you don't need to own a full brush set, you know, like you don't have to have all these other tools or even like a knowledge of makeup. It's all um, super user-friendly. We have some some tools as well that are like particularly uh, useful for beginners. What age group are you focusing on? Um, I guess like probably mostly like people in their 20s, but I kind of hate to say that because I really think this line can be for anyone. Like in our campaign video, one one of the stars of our campaign is like an 80-year-old woman wearing a insane rhinestone wing. I also think the line is really fun for like kids or like preteens because it's very like like eye paints and glitter and you know, then we have like more grown-up things as well, but um yeah, I hope it's like for ages like 10 to like 80 or 90 or 100. Totally. Everyone can get on board with rhinestones. No, totally. It's just, it's like dopamine makeup. Like it's just, it's such a, makeup is such a mood enhancing thing. It's so much more than just like bold makeup and having fun with makeup. Like it really is connected to mental health. I think just makeup is, is therapeutic for so many people. And like, I think can help you like figure out stuff, figure out who you are, try on different like parts of your own personality so I thought it would be great to talk specifically about the eye gems. I was at Coachella a few weeks ago, and it seemed like tens of thousands of people were wearing them. It's this huge phenomenon. I also saw a ton of just Maddie lookalikes head to toe. So Euphoria is obviously <laughs> having... I know. Euphoria is having this huge impact on culture. The eye gem craze is enormous right now. Do you want to give a little history of when you first found them? What inspired you to start using them? Did you know it could become this huge thing? Um, No, I didn't really expect it to become this huge thing. That's for sure. Uh, And the use of eye gems and anything sparkly and glitter and whatever, anything kind of that looks like a really reflective high shimmer moment, those elements became important in the show for me because after I saw the pilot, I realized how kind of moody and dark the lighting was. And I saw that some of the makeup looks that my team and I did, um, you only kind of catch a quick glimpse of them if there's like lighting, um, you know, like if there's like brighter lighting. So I was like, you know, I really think I need to like use, I need to use colors that are like a little lighter and brighter. Um, like instead of a dark blue liner, maybe I'll choose like an electric blue, like a medium sky blue or something. Um, and the, the gems and sparkles are literally just a way to kind of catch light and throw it back at the camera. Also in the pilot episode, when Zendaya, when Rue is walking through the party and she has like glitter on her eyes, kind of messy and smeared, uh, Sam Levinson, the director was sort of like, add more, add more add more and then I kept going in and then I like saw a glimpse of it on camera like on the monitors on set and I was like 
oh my God, I totally get it. Like it just clicked. I was like, the tw- something about the twinkle, like it does something to the story. Like it adds this like this like tension between like childhood and adolescence or like maybe it's like adolescence and adulthood. Like, I don't know. It just adds this like innocent kind of like ethereal head in the clouds moment. And then that contrasted with the subject matter that's actually going down on euphoria is just makes it like emotional for me. And we're in such a moment of sparkle and glitter overall right now. Do you think the rise of video on social media might be part of that because it is such a dynamic kind of look on video and it twinkles and you do see the different color changes? And are you working that into the content for the brand launch? Yeah. Yeah. I do think like glitter is kind of, it's magic when it's moving, right? Like when it can twinkle. So I do, I do think, yeah, probably video, video on social has added to that. And also people just getting creative with like how they're filming their finished looks. Like I've seen this a lot and this, this maybe it's inspired by like the lighting and the cinematography on euphoria, but, um, a lot of people who are like photographing or like, you know, recording themselves in their looks that are inspired by the show are doing so in low lighting or a light, you know, like they're not like showing their finished look necessarily in front of a ring light. Like they sort of like they they all get it like that. Those kinds of looks just get enhanced and more moody and more magical in like lower lighting. Um, and yeah, that's definitely something I want to capture uh, in the brand for sure. And you're also launching the tools, like you said, you have the tweezers for applying the eye gems. Did you want to talk about the process of creating a consumer-friendly, user-friendly makeup line when all of the looks on Euphoria are obviously so technically difficult? Uh, yeah. So actually, I I think the looks on Euphoria are actually pretty simple compared to a lot of other um looks that are they're out there um like for example like we don't use like you know a bunch of different like oh you have like three different blending colors and this goes here and this goes there and all these different complexion products and it's actually like quite simple like a wash of color a wing I think it's kind of amazing because the looks they look more complicated because like there's rhinestones and glitter and things are layered but um, they're actually designed to like be applied pretty quickly because we're always under the gun for time. And yeah, some are more advanced, you know, require more advanced skills than others. But um, like the kind of lived in skin that we go for is really important to the overall the overall look because it kind of shows the sort of like accessibility of the looks like, yeah, they do take a little time, but like your whole face isn't spackled with makeup by the end. Well, I would say the sharpness of the wings are super advanced. Like yeah, how, well, how, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah. it takes a lot of practice. Yeah, so tell me about the ways you're making the products user-friendly. You have tweezers for applying the eye gems. How did you incorporate ways to make it easy for beginners? Yeah, so in in being that this line is like, it's important to me that people feel so unintimidated by like, you know, these kinds of half you know magical half magic fantastical looks I wanted to truly make it as user-friendly as I could so we have a couple of tools that um will help people you know achieve achieve wings and uh rhinestone looks so uh we have these tweezers that are like definitely not for tweezing 
hair. Definitely don't pluck your eyebrows with them. But they are for picking up our self-adhesive rhinestones off their little sheets. And the end of the tweezers are curved and also not sharp. So they have rounded ends, but also kind of like this ergonomic curved shape at the end. And this is so that you can get like under your lash line, over your upper lashes, into your um, inner corner without poking yourself in the eye or without like putting your like wrist in like a weird area. They also are kind of long and like a little, they have a good weight to them. For me, things like that matter just in like kind of making it just easier to use the tool. Um, my favorite tool though that we have is called Wing Magician and it's like this silicone um, guide for, it's like the shape of a diamond, which is like our logo shape as well. And it's like a wing guide. So it helps you create a, a sharp line and a straight line, but you can also create a curved line with it. You'll, you'll see when you have the tool, like ha, de, depending on how you position it, you can kind of get it to do whatever you, you need to help um, with your, with your liner. It, it can also be used to like put mascara on when people like put, um, I've seen the trick of like putting like a piece of paper, like a postcard on your, like against your lash line and then really grinding your mascara. And do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> if you don't, it's, you're, it's you're so far ahead of the trends. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, it's just this tool that I think I really hope it's actually like super helpful to people. It's, it's helpful for me. Um, and then we also have this cute little retractable eyeliner brush with like a curved, um, eyeliner tapered flat brush, which helps like hug the contours of the lash line. For me, it's really helpful in like gliding the eyeliner along. So have you used any of these on set? Yes. I didn't have the full line obviously, or else we would have launched with it earlier, but I had like a bunch of different little samples that I would sort of be getting, um, here and there as we were like finalizing our formulas and, and everything. So uh, I think people who have seen the show are going to recognize some colors. Okay. Are we yeah. able to reveal any? Yeah. I mean, they're kind of sp sprinkled in throughout the season um, on, yeah, on everyone. There's this color magic brownie, which is this like brownish lip color that's seen on a few people. Um, Sky Juice, which is a shade, one of our shades. It's like this periwinkle blue matte eye paint um, that has been seen on several characters. I think everything, everything has actually just here and there. It was kind of amazing being able to like use my brand alongside like all of my favorite makeup brands that I stock my trailer with. It was pretty exciting. And it's so exciting to hear about this new tweezer innovation because I have attempted to apply eye gems with regular tweezers and sent them flying all over the room. Did you use regular tweezers when you were first applying them? Like, is this developed with um, personal experience in mind? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I've, I've like sent rhinestones flying across the room too with with tweezers. I have also poked my eye by using sharp tweezers um, that really aren't super safe for being that close to your eye. Um, but usually on set, I use loose gems and I apply them with lash glue, which takes a lot longer and is messier. But that is because I couldn't find adhesive rhinestones that were like small enough because I really liked using, I really love using, when I do rhinestones, I love using like teeny size, medium, and then like a little bigger. I think it looks really pretty when you are using different, different sized stones. 
And I, I love that process that I used, but it is, uh, it does take longer and I wanted to make something easier. So I made a stick on rhinestone that comes in a little bitty size. Yeah, this is a game changer. And tell me about the influencers you're working with. Are you having any HBO stars wearing the looks? Are you working with certain types of beauty influencers? Actually, this character on Euphoria, uh, Bobby, who is Lexi's like partner in crime for the for her play, like her play, her stage manager. Um, her name's Veronica Taylor, and she is in our campaign video. She makes an appearance, um, as does this amazing Korean uh, musician Sasami. We're definitely working with in, with influencers. It's it's been kind of great. I've gotten to connect with people like during the past three years, like on Instagram, just like artist to artist, like enjoying each other's work. Um, so the I feel like the influencer relationships we have are like really authentic and organic, which is really nice because I've like no, kind of known them quote unquote um, for a couple years now, and we've been like enjoying each other's work. So this is a business podcast. I have to ask some dry business questions. Oh, sure. I'll try my best to answer. Did you want to talk about your plans for distribution? Is this launching D2C initially? Do you see it going into a retailer at some point? We are D2C, uh, direct to consumer. And I really wanted it that way so that we could kind of like be a little malleable in the beginning. I really want to like have a relationship with my consumers. I want to talk to them. I want to know what they love and what they want more of. Um, and I think it would be amazing to be, you know, in have a retailer at some point, but I don't feel ready for that yet. I want to kind of keep being like, you know, kind of small and on the ground and like able to sort of pivot and grow with our consumers uh, before kind of entering a space where, I could potentially be told like, hey, you need to have this many launches per year and one of them has to be this. Like I would love to just really focus on what I'm truly inspired by, things I am super just personally excited to use and to, you know, show other people how to use. Are you being approached by a lot of retailers right now? A couple, yeah. I'm Which sure, is really I'm sure amazing and really yeah. flattering <laughs> and I'm like totally stoked and and would like love to to do that. But I think it's I think it's important to just kind of like feel this out a little, a little longer before making decisions. Totally. And then what about the product pipeline? You have your initial set of products that you launched with. What are you thinking in terms of launch cadence and what kind of products are you looking at for the future? I definitely want to keep on creating like a little something for everyone. I don't want to get like too niche. It's not going to be like, you know, just neons and bold colors. I want to make everything, but I only want to make things that I'm genuinely super stoked about. So if it's like something kind of like, okay, yeah, people we maybe would buy this. It's kind of a no brainer. I'm a little bit like, okay, but is like, it has to be like amazing. Like it has to be something I truly would truly buy. Like with my money, not like ask a company to give me to put in my trailer, you know, like I really, I really want to make special things. I'm not, I'm not trying to like do anything too quickly. Having said that, we do want to keep launches, you know, happening, um, you know, every couple months or so. 
And, um, you know, it takes a long time to bring launches to fruition. So we're, we have a, many, many things planned like for the next couple of years. And I also wanted to get your thoughts on big picture beauty trends. Obviously, in the middle of the decade, we had more of maybe a minimalist moment with makeup. And then Euphoria came along and then the pandemic hit. And now everyone's going back out to parties. They're going to concerts. They're living life. Do you think that this kind of aesthetic taps into something cultural right now, this kind of more maximalist, creative side of makeup? Yeah, I think we're definitely in like a, not just a makeup, but like a self-expression renaissance right now. Um, But I don't think the notion of like the clean, no makeup makeup is really going anywhere either. But I think almost the most modern way to wear makeup right now and the most exciting way is to do that like minimal no makeup makeup look but then add like a bright green wing or like a, a red graphic like minimal just like a little line under your eyebrow or something or like a little gem or I think it's like the the kind of mixing of of those two and like embracing the fact that like bold makeup doesn't actually always have to be like some super colorful like flamboyant sparkly thing from across the room although obviously I love that uh there's a way to be really minimal and cool about it that that feels like you know you're dialing in your own level of bold and what role do you think nostalgia plays in all this especially looking at kind of like euphoria style um there is some of that kind of like Y2K nostalgic element to it, but it's also this very new, modern, completely creative new thing. So did you want to talk about where you think nostalgia fits into these kinds of aesthetics? Yeah, no, I do. I I, lo- I love um, like little nuanced moments of nostalgia, whether it's like something that kind of has like a 70s vibe or certainly like a 60s vibe. I think a lot of my looks are like, 60s kind of like meets Y2K, um, which I love. It's kind of funny, like, because I I was like a kid. I was like a Y2K kid. And obviously, I don't, like, I don't really look at that as, well, it is nostalgic, but it's not like back, like 70s nostalgic. But now it is because it was like more than 20 years ago. It's like so crazy to me. It's, It's like how like the oldies music station now that I always listen to in the car is not playing 60s and 70s music anymore. It's playing like, 90s music I'm like whoa that's oldies now um but yeah I think anything nostalgic lends itself to like a fantasy and just sort of like embracing a a different part of you or like you know what if you were born in a different decade and I don't know it's it's fun to try all that on makeup is so fun for like trying on different versions of yourself or different like parts of your personality yeah totally and do you incorporate that into the new makeup brand Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the meaning of the makeup is whatever, you know, the meaning that the makeup wearer brings to it. Um, but yeah, the, the formulas and products and packaging, the whole experience is really meant to inspire a full embrace of like kind of fantastical makeup. And yet at the same time, like bringing that completely into the everyday and even doing it in like a, in a minimal way as well. Totally. So 
For a final question, you're obviously such a trendsetter in the beauty space right now. It seems like any thing you come up with, that's the next craze that's driving everything for the next year or so. So I definitely wanted to hear like what is on your radar right now for beauty trends and aesthetics looking forward. Is there anything that will be the next big craze in beauty or what can you tell us? Oh, um, <laughs> well, it's not like I'm a psychic or anything. It's, I don't know what's coming, but, um, what I'm interested in is embracing really bold lip moments and furthering my exploration of like that kind of perfect combo of like that no makeup makeup, but it's also bold makeup at the same time. So just sort of like reimagining minimal bold makeup and sort of just just playing in that field I I also I will say I feel like skinnier brows are coming back um I just learned how to do drag brows the other day um (laughs) and that was that was really fun and I'm feeling like that and like the bleached brow it's kind of been in for a while but on the periphery a little bit I kind of feel like the bleached brow is going to be like more of a mainstream thing I feel like more people are going to experiment with that and the color periwinkle all right well we will keep an eye out <laughs> for all shit. of that <laughs> yeah I heard it from Donnie directly so I I trust your judgment for sure thank you so much Donnie for coming on it was great to have you everyone go check out the half magic launch and come back anytime thank you so much for having me and um definitely check out halfmagicbeauty.com and follow half magic beauty's instagram Thank you so much for listening to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Tune in next week for another episode. And of course, if you haven't already subscribed, please hit that button.